Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero. Welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My goodness, I have been on summer break for what, five weeks? Is it more? Is it, I don't know. It's approximately five weeks now. Oh, it feels so good to be back recording and talking with you guys. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, this break that I had, it was really, really good. Did I go anywhere? Did I do anything special? No. <laughs> no. I really, I just had some free time to myself during this break in which I, I mean, I did some stuff clumsy theosis related, which maybe I shouldn't have because I was supposed to be taking like a full break. But I did some things. (laughs) Uh, One of those things was start the Clumsy Theosis YouTube channel. Many people have been asking me for years, when are you going to be on YouTube? And now we're technically on YouTube. Are you going to see my face in the videos? No, you will not because they're technically videos, but really they are the episodes that we've already recorded with like a thumbnail, you know, like a static image. But we are on YouTube. We're starting to post in the oldest episodes first. They're there. So please go to the Clumsy Theosis Podcast YouTube channel and hit subscribe. Subscribers are always important. I got a new mic. This is the first time I'm using this mic. I had to do it. If you have ever lived in a condo or an apartment, you might know my pain. We live in a condo and there are people that live above us. And I don't know what it is. I couldn't tell you. Maybe the Lord is trying to help me grow in patience, or maybe it's just a spiritual attack. I don't know. But every single time I would try to record, and I tried on every single day of the week, at every time of the day, every time of the night, like even at 2.30 in the morning, no matter what time it was, no matter what day it was, the people upstairs would either be walking above my head, they would decide to take a shower, they would have like a bathroom marathon where you'd hear the toilet flush and then the faucet run, and then a few minutes later the toilet would flush and then the faucet would run again, and you're like, okay, what's going on up there? So I'd hit pause, and I'd wait for the commotion to stop, I'd start recording again, and then it would happen again, so I'd have to hit pause, record, pause, record. It was driving me insane, it was not working, so now I have a new mic. I'm still working out the settings, so it might not be like the perfect sound quality, but we're going to get there. You can give me your feedback if you like. That would be great. Yeah, you know where to reach me on all of the social platforms at Clumsy Theosis, or you can email me clumsytheosis at gmail.com. What else? Oh, my prayer time during this break has been amazing. I know that it shouldn't be this way, but it is. I'm just going to be real. My prayer is imbalanced meaning that I spend a lot more of my prayer time focusing on stuff that's clumsy theosis related rather than things that are specific to me and my vocation and family and other things. You know, that's just how it is. It I know it shouldn't be that way, but during this break, the Lord gave me a lot of grace and I was able to just like surrender clumsy theosis to him and just really chill out and like just hang out with the Holy Spirit and the Father and, you know, Jesus. And yeah, it it was, it was beautiful, just beautiful quality time, which I know I will be reaping the fruits of that time that we spent together for the next days, weeks, and even months. So that was awesome. Yeah. Last time we talked, we were going over the armor of God. You remember that? 
I hope so, because we spent weeks talking about the armor of God. And it was like the most interesting development for me was realizing that when St. Paul's talking about the armor of God, he is focusing a lot on the virtues. I had never realized that. Special thanks to St. John Chrysostom and other church fathers for pointing that out and teaching that to me. Because in the armor of God, there are seven pieces of armor, right? Four of them are related to the virtues. Three of them are specifically either faith, hope, or love. And then the fourth one, which is, give me a second, you know I have trouble saying this, gotta focus, the breastplate of righteousness, all right, I think I said it right that time, that is referring to just the virtues in general. And after this series, or even during this series, I was like, wow, there's so much focus on the virtues here. And I realized how much I don't really know about the virtues. Yes, I know things factually about them. You know, I have like theological definitions and understandings and stuff like that. But like in a very personal way, you know, like how do I cultivate this virtue in my life? Where do I see this virtue in others and in myself? And am I frequently focusing on them in prayer and asking the Lord to grow them and cultivate them and help me with them? And the answer is no, I really don't, especially when it comes to the seven virtues of our faith. Um, you know, the cardinal virtues and the theological virtues. I really, I really don't do that. So I really wanted to learn more about them. And I thought, you know what? When I come back from break, should I focus in on the virtues or should I do something Holy Spirit related, which was my original plan? And since I was torn and I didn't know what to do, I asked our patrons, you know, what do you think? Where are you at? They were like, yeah, let's go with the virtues and let's look at them like from a practical standpoint. And I was like, score, because that is exactly what I want to do. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the virtues for the next couple of weeks. And before I end this episode, I'm going to explain how that's going to look because we're going to talk about the virtues, but then we're also going to talk about virtue related things throughout this series. So it's kind of like it, it'll be mixed up a little bit and I'll, I'll explain that a little bit to you later. But I mentioned patrons, and if you don't know what patrons are, they are monthly donors to Clumsy Theosis, or they could have technically given a one-time donation through Patreon. They give because they want to support Clumsy Theosis and to help us grow because we're 100% listener-supported. If you want to be a donor, you can be a patron, or you can just give a one-time donation outside of Patreon, and I have information for how to do either of those on my website at clumsytheosis.net. Click the word donate in the menu. Our most recent donor is Stanley. So we have to mention Stanley today. We have to say thank you because we are so grateful for his support. Yeah. All right. So virtues. We're going to be talking about virtues. And St. Gregory of Nyssa says that man's aim is to make himself like God, right? We know this. But he says, through love, knowledge, and the practice of virtue. Now, obviously, when St. Gregory of Nyssa says this, we understand that when he's talking about making himself like God, he's also implying God's grace is involved with this process. Okay, so let's not forget that. What he's saying here, it sounds a lot like theosis because it is theosis. There is such a link between theosis and the virtues because the virtues make us like Christ. And it was during the Armor of God series that 
it made me realize that the virtues run through everything, right? They bring life. They bring Christ's life into everything, even into our battle armor, right? And it makes total sense. I mean, after all, like what are virtues? I mean, in the catechism, the catechism talks about virtues for like 20 something paragraphs. The exact number escapes me, but I do know it starts at paragraph 1803. The catechism says that a virtue, let me put on my like quoting the catechism voice, a virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. Just kidding. That sounds really creepy. Let's try this again. A virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. It allows the person not only to perform good acts, but to give the best of himself. The virtuous person tends towards the good with all of his sensory and spiritual powers. He pursues the good and he chooses it in concrete actions. Okay, that definition, the first thing that strikes me is that it is really neat and it's really tidy. And it tells us the benefits of living a virtuous life, but it doesn't tell us how. It doesn't tell us how to acquire the virtues, how to grow and cultivate the virtues. It does, though, it does talk a lot about good, disposing us for the good, to do the good, to do good acts, to choose the good. It talks about the good a lot. So, I mean, we might be like, okay, we just have to do something good. You know, we have to have good behaviors and good traits. And when we have good traits, we just have to make them into habits and then we will be living out a a virtuous life. Okay, maybe. But what does it mean to have good behaviors and good traits? What does it mean to be good, right? What is good? If we don't have a firm understanding of goodness, we might as well say we just need to have nice behaviors and polite traits. You know, it's not necessarily goodness because if you look in our culture, and I'm not saying that that there's anything wrong with our culture per se, I'm just saying is that there's not a standard of goodness. And because of that, goodness is going to vary according to everyone. And it all just comes down to a matter of opinion. It really, it's about values, what people value and what they hold up and what they think is important. And values, values are neither good nor bad. They're just people's opinions and where people stand on things. Virtues, on the other hand, are not about values. Virtues are not about opinion. Virtues are based on something objective. And We know this because they are about goodness. Goodness is objective. The goal of the virtuous life is to become like God. One of his divine attributes is goodness itself, right? So there is a standard for goodness, and it is God. It is his likeness. And that is the goal of the virtues, to be as close to the standard or the reference point, which is God himself. The goal of virtues, that's going to distinguish true virtues from what the world might classify as virtues, but in fact are actually opinions or values. Another thing that distinguishes true virtues from like what the world would call virtues, but actually are not virtues, is motivation. The desire to please God and to do his will is always going to be the first motivation behind true virtues or the person who is exercising true virtues in that moment. Whereas in the world, someone who is um, actually exercising values based off of their opinions, their first motivation is not going to be to please God or to do his will, but for themselves. Their first motivation has to do with themselves or their desires or their will. 
Now, I'm not trying to draw a line in the sand and say if your first motivation for anything makes you a worldly person and if your first motivation for anything is God's will, then you are now a virtuous person. It's not that simple. Um, It is a lot more complicated because we are fallen and it all depends on the moment and the situation and how well we are cooperating with grace to whether or not we are um, living in virtue or not. It also has to do with our habits, you know, the habits that we've developed over time, if we've developed bad habits or good habits. And it also has to do with our motivation. Our motivations can be good and geared towards God and selflessness. Other times in different situations or whatever is going on, our motivation might be more negative and based in fear or our selfish desires or things like that. And neither of those, you know, having bad habits or bad motivations makes you a worldly um, person. It just means that those are areas in your life in which the Lord can bring healing and then cultivate the good habits and the good motivations. Also, I'm not saying that everything of this world is bad. You know, the world was created by God and it is good. Um, There is sin in it and there is fallen and brokenness in it, but it is not all bad. And we see that even in the virtues themselves because most people are familiar with the cardinal virtues and also the theological virtues. There are also virtues that are referred to as natural virtues. Sometimes they're called human virtues. They are going to be good and decent qualities that people have that they've either learned at home or in an environment, or maybe it's even like their natural disposition. You know, think about that person that you know that is not a believer. They might even be like an atheist, but they kind of always seem to choose like the good response or the good action. Okay, those people have natural virtue. After the natural virtue, like think of this in like steps of progression, right? So those are going to be like like the base. On top of those, that's where you get cardinal virtues. Sometimes they're called supernatural virtues, moral virtues, or Christian virtues. The cardinal virtues, you know, those are um, what? Justice, prudence, temperance, and fortitude. So those cardinal virtues, those are going to be the natural virtues that have been elevated by grace. They've been ennobled by grace, right? Like God has came down and touched those natural inclinations that a person might have or might have already formed, you know, those those habits for the good. God has touched those with his, with his grace and made them more better, right? He's made them more. He's made them superior to what they were prior to his grace. And then, so we're going to have natural virtues on the bottom, then cardinal virtues, and then theological virtues on the top. And the theological virtues are purely gifts from God, and they only come from God. They go beyond all nature. Father Benedict Groeschel, he's a CFR, God rest his soul. He said that they bring the mysterious and intangible into the human experience. And I love that because that's going to be faith, hope, and love, right? These are things that because of God's gift of them, they are now part of the human experience. And the church takes those cardinal virtues and the theological virtues, the seven official virtues enumerated by our faith, because they are the really super important virtues, but they're not the only virtues that exist or that the church even acknowledges. Because obviously, you know, humility and patience, those are virtues. Those are the biggest virtues that I need to work on in my life. (laughs) Um, Chastity, that's obviously a big virtue, and it is the virtue that brings brought me back into the faith. And, you know, 
think about religious. Religious, they take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Those are all also virtues. But the thing about the seven official virtues of the church, they kind of, they they think about it like this, like they like branch out and they affect and they help us live out all of the other virtues by, you know, really cultivating these seven. It is really going to help us with all the other ones. But I, I understand that maybe if the names of these virtues might be a little bit of a turnoff to you, maybe they sound a little foreign, you know, because we don't typically hear them used. We don't typically use, you know, the language of like fortitude and prudence and stuff like that anymore. Or if we do, it might have like a negative connotation. Also, I know that sometimes these virtues, they might seem out of reach to us, especially if you're going to confession and you are repeatedly confessing sins that might be like an offense or against like like the same virtue you know they all kind of like fall in under that you know like maybe you have an issue with temperance and you're just you're confessing a lot of sins you know that show that you're not temperate and it might just seem like okay these are just out of reach to me i can't do this because i'm not progressing that's not true don't believe that god's grace is doing something within you or maybe you're like me and i'm going to confess this to you don't judge me I know this isn't true, but this is still how I treat the theological virtues. Because the theological virtues are gifts from God, I kind of feel like there's nothing that I can really do about it. Like, I'm just kind of waiting for God to give them to me. And so I don't really think about them. I don't really pray about them. But if I stop, like right now, and I think about it, I'm like, okay, Rochelle, that is dumb, really, because I know that God is so benevolent. And I can right now recall multiple times within the last couple of weeks where he has showered me, like drenched me with faith, hope, and or love, right, in the past couple of weeks. So maybe that's a bad habit that you have as well. Whatever the reason might be, I get it. But I invite you to give the Lord the opportunity to fix those, you know, misconceptions that you have or to heal the wounds that you have or to give you that reassurance or the tools or the grace that you need in order to actually cultivate these virtues in your life. Because the virtues are meant, they're meant to be lived. They are meant to be cultivated. They're not just supposed to be studied. He does want to make your life more vibrant through them, to make you more like him through these virtues. And so throughout this series, I'm going to take a cue from St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, who says that grace builds upon nature, right? So we're going to start with the natural virtues, and then we're going to progress through to the theological virtues. We're going to use the seven official virtues of the church, and we're going to go through through each one, but we're not just going to go like seven weeks straight and all we're talking about is a specific virtue each week. We're going to mix it up a little bit, but when we do actually talk about the virtues themselves, we are going to be using this book that I read on my break by Father Benedict Groeschel. I'm going to be kind of leaning on it, using it maybe as like a book study, but not exactly. Um, I'll be referring to it a lot, and you can get this book if you want to. There's going to be a link in the show notes where you can buy it on Amazon. It's very small. I don't even think it's 200 pages. He does go into the virtues, and then he does some like storytelling, which a lot of people like. I'm not really a fan of stories. I just want the facts, but that's just me. It was enjoyable to read and very informative. Again, there's a link for that. But I mentioned we're not going to just go, you know, for seven weeks talking about a different virtue every week. We're going to mix it up and we're going to talk about things that are also related to virtue, things like heroic virtue, 
Um, the natural virtues, again, I said we're going to talk about that next week. We'll also talk about the lively virtues, um, virtues and fasting. Um, we're going to talk about implementing the virtues. And when we do that, we're going to talk about motivations, obstacles, practices, things like that, right? So it's all going to be in the vein of the virtues. And each episode, I'm hoping with the grace of God, will help you to grow in the virtues. I want to encourage you to give God the opportunity to do that um, wherever he wants to renew that intimacy with you. The virtues are an infusion of God's grace after all, right? And grace is God's love. It's his life. And so when he helps you with these virtues, when he gives you that grace, he's giving you his love. He's giving you his life. He's entering yours, making you just awesome. Literally, or almost literally. I'm not sure. The point is you're becoming more like God, who is actually awesome. So I hope to have you back next week. We're going to be talking about the natural virtues. Go ahead and pick up that book also. We're not going to use it until the following week, so you still have time to get it. You can find me online, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe to the Clumsy Theosis Podcast YouTube channel and then click that little bell thing, I guess, so you get your notifications. Don't forget to check the notes, the show notes for this episode if you want um, to see any of the quotes that were used or the references, or if you want links to any of our social media, it's all there in the show notes. Until next week, my friends, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us. 